0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. The building
1: downtown. Building downtown. Building downtown. Hey, it's building downtown. You can follow us on social media at the building DT. <laughs> Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host Jason Kelly. You can follow me at jkellymma. You can follow my co-host Amy Barton at Ames Bell, my other co-host Krill Kasatsky at Apostle Raps. Now everyone in the world pretty much saw Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. (laughs) on the weekend. Everybody's always excited for a Tyson fight. we got the perfect guy to talk about that tonight, and a guy who can go even further. He's uniquely qualified to speak on the Nate Robinson, Jake Paul, why basketball players don't make great great boxers necessarily. The man with the do-rag, he's back joining us again, Rob Frazier. How's it going, my friend?
2: I'm going. I'm going good. Uh, is- probably better than you guys. I'm sure.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you, not, you never lie. This, is, lied, this Ron. is the
1: second time he does this, but the first time we went away, fucking twenty minutes. Twenty fucking minutes before I realized, holy yeah. shit! But we're here. And for those uh, listeners of the show, I'm assuming you can already figure out I fucked up another recording. It's it's <laughs> for two in the last like three or four months. This is becoming a problem. Nonetheless, Ron Frazier's here. Talks to Mike Tyson a few weeks ago, about six weeks ago now, we had you on the show. You said, you know, to the trained eye, he doesn't look as great as people thought he looked, right? The general fans, casual fans, whatnot. Now that you saw him fight, what is the final verdict? Were you impressed or what what are your thoughts on it?
2: I mean, you know, it's what I thought it was going to be. Uh, they would show some glimpses of what they once were, and it would look like two fifty-year-old guys boxing. And it wasn't bad. I mean, it put us in nostalgia. You're like, oh man, I miss Tyson, I miss Roy, I miss the good old days. And then at that point, you go, man, these are some old motherfuckers fighting, and they should probably <laughs> not not fight anybody young. And that's okay. Uh, it, it did what it was supposed to do. Uh, Mike Tyson seems to be in a really good place in his life, which is good because. If anybody saw Tyson in the late '90s and the early 2000s, you probably thought he probably wouldn't be with us now, or he'd be incarcerated. So the mm-hmm. fact that he is doing this stuff for charity, he's making money, uh, he's rebounded financially himself, uh, is a great thing. And for Roy, it's you know, him and Mike were on a collision course like 17 years ago. Obviously, there's a lot of water under both of those bridges since then. Uh, but where else are you going to make one to five million dollars in about 16 minutes of work? At 51 right. years old, um, not going to happen anywhere for him. So for that, it was a success. And and also boxing is becoming a niche market and it needs to pick up a new one. And why not go to these different kind of apps and put uh, different kind of guys on these cards and pick up a market that uh, people that really don't watch boxing.
1: How far off was like how, how much of a difference was, in your opinion, Tyson, prime Tyson to last Saturday night? Skill wise, how oh. far apart was it? Not even. <laughs> it's close. not. It's not <laughs> close.
2: It, it is not close at all. I mean, but Mike looks great. The fact that he was a guy a year ago, a little over a year ago, was weighing about three hundred and forty pounds. So he's lost over a hundred pounds he in a year. He nice, looks phenomenal. Yeah, so he looked phenomenal. He looked in great shape. Uh, But no, this is not the same skill. This is not uh, a twenty-year-old Mike Tyson who was just running through every heavyweight you put in front of him it it wasn't that kind of party
4: but so, some of the power is still there though eh because the uh, the post fight interview uh, jones ribs and stomach i wonder i wonder if anything was damaged but he definitely laid some mm-hmm. laid some serious punches to the body mike mike, mike, oh, mike absolutely. I mean.
2: yeah well power's the last thing to go uh, yeah. in, in fighters power is the last thing to go. So Mike is still a strong dude. And yeah, if I was an average individual, uh, I wouldn't be running up on him trying to fight him or anything like that. <laughs> that could be very bad. And, and Roy said a couple of times that Mike is really, really strong. And I, I, I expected that would be the case. But if you think that Mike is going to go in with Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury or Dante Wilder and do some damage, uh, you have another thing coming.
1: Yeah, no kidding. I hope that that doesn't happen. And after the fight, Tyson seemed real fired up and, you know, to almost a little bit of that craziness you used to see from him when he used to say his shit after his fights in a press conference and stuff. Did you notice that at all, too? Did he seem a little like uh, the, the fucking, the, lit, the, the the fuse was lit? Uh, well, you know what, that, that kind of comes out that, you know, they conjured up
2: what they used to be, so you expected some of that. But he was very controlled. He wasn't out of control. He wasn't like trying to bite anybody. He wasn't, uh, you know, children.
1: He, and... Yeah,
2: he he wasn't going to eat anybody's children. He he wasn't attacking Linux lures. So he was definitely different.
1: <laughs> and what about the the other end, Roy Jones Jr.? What are your thoughts on what he looked like? Uh, Roy looked fifty one, <laughs> every uh... bit of it.
3: <laughs>
1: I was like, like, ah. Uh, like,
4: like, yeah. Thanks, Roy. Thanks for training. That, like, uh, like he couldn't breathe for some reason. Eh? Well, not for some reason, but he was choking bad. He was like, he was. That,
1: he was... that, like, fucking. See, see, when I'm talking to you, Ron. If I'm just talking to a buddy, I could just say this with total confidence. Talk to you. I'm like, how, how am I going to say this and not fuck up the terminology? Because I know this is not what it's called. But it's like, uh, he like when he like gl- like leaps in with like it's like a like a longer, more extended hook, but not even like a tight hook. He used to do it all the time. He he tried that uh, a few yeah. times, and that looked sad. It just looked like he was shuffling his feet from side to side and kind of throwing his arm in the air.
2: Uh, he was. I mean, you know, obviously he was fighting a different beast, and uh, Roy's legs are not there. I mean, Roy depended on his legs and his athletic ability, along with some technical prowess, uh, to 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 reach greatness, and th- those things are just not there. And so you, you saw a couple of glimpses where he did some things. You go, ah, I remember that, Roy. But for the most part, you go, yeah, he looks like, a, you know, a dude who's been training a couple of months, uh, kind of living a fantasy, saying it was a bucket list thing to fight Tyson. <laughs> and he did. That's not a bad thing. Uh, I don't, you know, if people were expecting him to look like they did 17 or 18 years ago, then I'm not sure uh, what, they, what they were expecting or what
1: they wanted to see. And do you see how many people are just enraged that it's a draw? Like, did you guys not because get the they, fucking memo? Yeah, they're stupid and
2: Shit. didn't realize it was an exhibition with no referees. <laughs> I mean, with no judges. So all it was going to be was a draw unless somebody got stopped. But, mm. you know, people are
1: not that bright. Oh, I, I noticed. God, did I notice.
4: I'm actually glad nobody got dropped because I like both of them guys. Oh. And I don't think that would be a, a good comeback for after getting knocked out at that age. You know what I mean? No, that can't be Absolutely. good for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was concerned about that. I didn't want to see either one of them get hurt. Uh, you know what? They, they they have families. These are fathers and, and husbands and all that sort of stuff now. Their prime days are behind them, so you definitely didn't want to see anybody get hurt. And it wouldn't have been good for the sport. I mean, I, I know people don't understand, but last summer uh, you had two guys that basically you know got killed on national TV in boxing matches. If one of these dudes would have got serious hurt, that would put serious damage to the sport going forward.
1: Yeah, I was surprised, too, that there was no fans. I know that that's not a thing that's going on right now, but I figure if these two are going to dance, you're going to figure out a way to at least have some people there. It, I thought it was really, really strange, especially from...
4: Everything was dark, though. Maybe they were hiding people yeah, in the dark. You co- know I mean?
1: <laughs> coming up as a kid watching Tyson, I remember when I was a kid, and those, fucking, those arenas and stadiums, not stadiums, but arenas, they were packed, and it was booming, oh but... Yeah, it was. It wasn't even like UFC. It was. It was a lot more different. I found. I found that so strange.
4: What about some knockouts yeah. that do bring fans to the sport?
1: Oh, I see it, what you're saying. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> strange. It's it's definitely
2: strange with no fans. But you know, obviously in the COVID era and California being hit worst in some other states, that mm-hmm. you expected no fans. But it's different. It's different when you can't really see the people feed off that energy. And uh, you know, you can hear everything every coach is saying. Uh, sometimes i like, y'all need to shut up because I'll give him bad advice. But
1: <laughs> is there anyone else you, you want to see Tyson do this with again for fun, or is that that's enough?
2: Uh, you know what? I mean, long as there, you know, uh, Shannon Briggs, I think would be very, very interesting. Evander Holyfield obviously has called him out. Uh, so, I mean, you could do those type of things. I mean, he seems to be in good shape. And, and good spirits, and can handle himself fighting another fifty-plus-year-old guy, as long as he stays away from, you know, you know, some some forty, some late thirties and late twenty-year-old guys, and he'll be fine. Hey, maybe I don't know how a butterbean is, but everybody used to talk about <laughs> oh that kind God. of fight. I think, I think that would be fun.
1: Fuck <laughs> your butterbean! Yeah, holy. I bet you if they do another one, it would probably be Holyfield.
4: Holyfield looks great too. Mm,
1: yeah, Holyfield that. looks great, but. You know,
2: I know Lennox Lewis is talking about coming back. So, I mean, he could do things like that. But long It's, as like,
3: they it's like an do- actual Masters League.
2: It is. It is. And if they can make some money, because some of them uh, has hit some financial hard times, if they can make some money, why not? And put some of these YouTube guys on the undercard, <laughs> you know, with big
1: followings. You know, why not? Well, what do we get? What's it going to take to get you on one of these cards? A lot of money.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: you give me you give me Nate Robinson's purse of six hundred thousand, I would do it.
3: <laughs> well, it's
1: just, I would too. Let's go. What, what would you want? <laughs> would you want a YouTuber, an athlete from another sport, or a retired boxer
2: or a cab driver?
1: Or a cab driver? Uh, I I'd,
2: I'd prefer to go like Julio Cesar Chavez and find a cab driver. But you know, well, I maybe an Uber Eats guy. We're kind of moving up in the world. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know they're probably they eat a lot. Probably they snack. They probably do nothing but smoke joints, deliver food, and get get some eat at every stop.
2: Snatch some of your fries. See,
1: it, oh, yeah, definitely. that would Take be
2: perfect. That <laughs> would be perfect because we'll both be really tired about the second round. So that would, that would be perfect. You know, if I got about real like ninety seconds of real violence, if they survive that, we'll both just be really tired the rest
1: of the way. <laughs> and you'll have food there because it's an Uber Eats guy. <laughs>
2: Absolutely,
3: so sturdy. I think that's
1: a win-win. Only,
3: that's a only, win-win. If Snoop, only if Snoop is there to call the fuckery.
2: Yes, yes. I know a lot of people were down on Snoop, but I actually loved that line. Talking about it, it looked like his two uncles fighting in the backyard barbecue, and then saying grandma, they fight, they're they're fighting again. I thought it was funny. I know a lot of people are like, they're down on it. But I was like, you, you guys are taking this way too serious. It's not that serious. It's an exhibition. They don't have any judges. Uh, it's two-minute rounds with 12-ounce gloves. Uh, so let's have fun with it.
3: I mean, fuck. Sean wants to fight Moro. What's going on, you know?
2: <laughs> I think Moro takes him.
3: I know. Oh,
1: yeah, you remember when Snoop was working for uh, the Dana White Contender Series? And he him and no, your that was family. bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah, no,
2: that was bad now he's out of his yeah you know, he's he's out of his element if he's calling real fights, uh you know, where you need them to have some knowledge of something, he has no knowledge of combat sports, but he has some good one liners, he's friends with a lot of boxers, he's you know he watches the sport, but he really has no real knowledge of it, so. You know, putting him in an exhibition style style fight is good, but if you put him in some real, then I'm going to expect some different stuff from him.
1: Yeah, especially contender series too. You know, because those are guys that are on the come up. It's like they, to them, everything matters, right? They want everything right. They want to get to the point where they're doing that. The interview with Joe Rogan. You know, if you if you're doing an interview with Joe Rogan, your career is on the right path. Then, and the, you know, they, I think they definitely took that thing to heart. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's that's where you want to go. Speaking of uh, spectacles, fucking Nate Robinson and Jake Paul. First of all, what are your thoughts on on things like that? Where, you know, Jake Paul, this YouTuber, is now boxing. And he's going around saying he's saving boxing and shit like that. Do you take that seriously at all? Uh, I don't take it serious, but uh, some boxers are. Uh, Antonio Tarver, former champion,
2: is taking it real seriously. He's like, yo, if you think you're that good... Uh, I'm willing to fight you. And, and that would be all bad for, for him at this point. And I, I, he is taking boxing serious. He's been doing it for almost two years. But, you know, he's light years behind uh, what a real boxer or a high-level amateur would be doing. As uh, far as the Nate Robinson fight, it was all bad. I didn't like it because, one, I know <laughs> Nate a little bit. He's a good dude. Uh, he let his ego get the best of him. And he got bad advice. Uh, whoever's coaching him, uh, that shit was horrible. Uh, One, why would you put him in there with someone who had almost two years of experience compared to ten weeks and someone who was two weight classes above him? If Nate was going to do this, uh, Nate should have been fighting at like 168 pounds. And Nate's really only 5'7", 5'8". I know what they list him at. But there's a picture of him standing next to Floyd Mayweather in the picture, and Floyd Mayweather looks like he has him by an inch. So why would you put him in there with somebody 6'2", that's more experienced, that's younger, bigger, and stronger, that was bad. It made him look bad. Uh, can boxers make that transition? I mean, can basketball make transition to boxing? Uh, yeah, some of them. I've trained a few. I mean, had he fought somebody like uh, Glenn Davis, or Glenn Big Baby Davis, who has been, been in and out of boxing gyms for about 10 years, and he yeah. destroyed him like that, that would be something different. But to fight an older guy who has been training only 10 weeks and look like he's never sparred in his life, uh, you know, it just made Nate look bad, and it made you know the YouTube guy look way better than he actually is. Yeah, it made Nate look. That's what I'm bad. saying.
4: I, I, like, I, no offense to Nate, but that was horrible, and that was funny. And <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Well, he, he got lit. He he was he was wide open and everything. But the thing about the, the the thing about it, I love the most is the YouTuber is going out now saying that he wants to fight McGregor, and I I really think that's gonna be a shitty deal for him. What do you think? <laughs>
2: it, it, it could be a real shitty deal for him, but he'll get a giant paycheck. I mean, he got six hundred thousand. I don't know uh, what they're if they get part of pay per view or not. But if he does, he could make a couple million, at, you know, doing these things. So if you fight a guy like Conor McGregor, it would be another spectacle, uh, and he could make tens of millions of dollars. So I'm not mad at him for trying to promote that, uh, but you know. But I think I he's don't, trying to he say would, that
4: he's a he's a legit fighter and he can actually challenge McGregor. That's what he's saying.
2: Uh, he he,
4: he well, thinks he can I take mean, him.
2: <laughs> well, well, right now he's got two professional boxing matches and McGregor has one.
0: So <laughs>
2: he might think you know, he might think he can take him, but it's something that they can sanction. And he's still a bigger, stronger, younger guy. McGregor's not that. McGregor's, what, 5'9"? McGregor yeah. walks, He you know, the highest he fights at is 170. This guy is almost 190 pounds at 6'2". So it still could cause some problems for McGregor. McGregor's a slick enough boxer that I think he beats him. But I think, uh, you, you
4: know... You think he'd he put up a fight, really, huh?
2: I, I mean, he'll probably do better than Nate Robinson did against him.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, so so i mean it, it all depends on what we're trying to do uh if we're just trying to make money then then there's money to be made i would call out conor mcgregor and dylan Dannis and all those guys too uh, why not uh i wouldn't call out canelo i think he's trying to get killed in the first round
1: that's what i was gonna ask you what do you think about that that's a yeah I, I, yeah that's all bad
2: but if i'm canelo I would start whispering to those guys, get 9 or 10 fights. Fight some bums, fight some cans, get to 10 and 0. Then then if I'm Canelo, I cash out. I could get a 300 million dollar payday by smashing this YouTuber who by then his fans will think he can fight, getting yep. to 10 and 0 and he has 20 million followers. All we need is 10% of them and we got 2 million pay-per-view buys. But what mm-hmm. if we can do 4 million pay-per-view buys? Mm-hmm. And it's not a challenge. Why do, It's the same thing that, you know, Mayweather did. Conor McGregor was talking, and he let him talk, and then he looked up and said, oh, shit, I can sell a sparring match. I can make $300 million. I don't even have to train for this shit. <laughs> MMA people are stupid enough to believe that Conor's going to knock me out when we know we've seen him spar We know with a real boxer, and we know he has nothing for you. So, you know, let's do it. I mean, Conor McGregor hit. Uh, Floyd Mayweather with a counter uppercut. Had a legit <laughs> boxer hit Mayweather with a counter uppercut. We were still counting. He would still be free. <laughs> 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 if you lay laying beside Nate, yeah, you know, I'm. I'm just like, if, if if Manny Pacquiao hit him with that shot, he's knocked out. If any of the last ten boxers that Mayweather fought hit him with that shot, he he's knocked out. But it was McGregor, he knew McGregor had nothing to offer as far as boxing is concerned. But mm-hmm. he knew that they could sell it. He knew that he could make a lot of money doing it, and that's what he did. And he might go on. I mean you saw what he did with the the, the, the Asian kickboxer. You know, he went yeah, yeah. ten million dollars for like a minute worth of work. Why not? I would do it. if I could make ten million dollars or three hundred million dollars and I don't have to put in a lot of effort and I know I'm not gonna get hurt, I would do it.
1: <laughs> I'd sign up for that every day. I might take Sunday. Absolutely,
2: off. I, I I'd fight on Sundays.
1: <laughs> even <laughs> on the Lord's Day. No, absolutely. There.
2: Yeah, I mean the Lord giveth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that McGregor Mayweather thing, the fans for versus MMA versus boxing caused a divide. The MMA fans thought Conor was going to win. Boxing fans thought Mayweather was going to win. People with a brain thought Mayweather was going to win boxers obviously thought man, I was going to win, but in MMA gyms, actual MMA fighters, did you ever cross, come across any that were so fucking dopey that they're like, I don't know, man, McGregor's got a legitimate shot here? Uh, Only
2: like two, really. Yeah. Only two that they thought he had. And I was like, are you stupid? Then I, <laughs> I reminded them. Well, then I reminded them, like, maybe that's why you have a losing record. You have don't know shit about <laughs> your own sport, let <laughs> alone somebody else's. Aww. But yeah, you got a couple people out there, and then you had a couple of uh, MMA trainers going, oh, I, I think, you know, Connor has a legit chance. And I was like, you're stupid too. I wouldn't listen to you as well. Like, come on, man. This is, <laughs> this is not, it, it, it's just dumb. It, you know, it was hey, like when James.
3: Random idiots, or were these people that were in any way like affiliated with
2: Connor? Uh, no, they weren't affiliated. They were random idiots. But it, <laughs> it was sort of like, it was sort of like when, when uh, James Tony fought Randy Couture. And, and I was laughing. Because I found out really how stupid some MMA people are. So we're sitting in the green room in Vancouver, and there were, you know, I'm not going to say the names of these people, but they were coming up to Randy going, oh, man, you got an easy fight. You can dirty box with James and push him up against the cage. And I'm like, hold on, bro. The only time that shit's going to be standing coming from Randy's boxing coach is when they touch gloves. After that, we are not standing. Why would you give James the only opportunity he has of winning the fight by keeping the shit standing? He's been training, uh, you know, like like on the ground for like two weeks. Like, come on, man, this is easy. You're going to put him on his back and you're going to beat the shit out of him, and that's what Randy did. So all these people thinking that Randy was going to dirty box him, so like, you don't think a boxer knows how to dirty box? You guys
1: are idiots. <laughs> I never even thought about that. What the hell was that like when Randy got that fight? Because you were working with Randy then, right? Yes.
2: Uh, it yeah. was funny because I know James. James had been stalking Dana White for like a year. Yeah. Like James, James would call me. Like, I remember uh, Johnny Hendricks was fighting in the UFC. I was, we were like two fights before we were up when my, my cell phone rings, and it's James Tony. He's like, man, I'm trying to get a hold of Dana. I'm like, bro, we're in the middle of a damn fight, bro. Uh, you know, well, you're going to have to get this on your own. So finally, he, he tracked Dana down, and Dana was like, yeah, hell with it. You want to do it? Do it. And they called Randy, and I'm like, that's that's the easiest fight for you. And I remember James' people calling me, like, oh, he's going to knock Randy out. I'm like, yeah, he better learn how to stop a blast double. If he can't do that, he ain't knocking nobody out. And But I knew James would sell it, and James, James was looking for a payday. You know, James tried to train, but you are not going to train for no eight weeks for a guy who's been doing something for 14 years and plan on winning. If you're going to do this, if a if a boxer is going to make that transition to MMA, it's going to take a couple years, a couple years of training, maybe behind the scenes and nobody know it. Like if Floyd really wanted to do it, like when he went on a a two year hiatus before he came back and fought Marquez, that would have been the time for him to like start wrestling and start doing jujitsu because. Floyd has the income to call up. He could have called up, you know, Marcelo Garcia, the most preeminent gr- smaller grappler in the world, and say, hey, you know what? I'll pay you a million dollars to train me. You're going to sign this non-disclosure. You're not going to tell anybody you're training me. He could have gone to any country that ended in Stan and got a wrestler and go, hey, you're going to come over and you're going to be, you know, you're going to come over and you guys are going to wrestle with me. And what, what, what Floyd would be trying to do is close the gap. He already knows distance. He already knows striking. What he's trying to do is be able to last for about – I always say uh, if a guy's coming over, a big-time boxer's coming over, he has to survive for seven minutes. He has to be able to stuff a takedown or be able to uh, create a scramble and then start making this MMA dude thinking, oh, shit, I got to do nothing but stand with this guy now. Now the mentality and the psychology of the fight changes a little bit, but if he can't survive that first 7 minutes or he can't, you know, once he gets taken down and gets trapped like James Tony did, then it's all over unless they do something really stupid, uh, you know, like, you know, Tim Sylvia did. And and fight a boxer and then they uh, they, they were going to fight him with boxing rules and they said, "Nah, the the Illinois Commission you know, wouldn't go for it. So then they had a gentleman's agreement in MMA to keep it standing. So you're going to keep it standing with the former heavyweight champion of the world Mm -hmm. and then throw one kick and then get blasted in your head. They're like, come on, dude. That
1: was Mm -hmm. dumb. Yeah, Tim Sylvia's decline was brutal to watch. He went from UFC champion to getting laughed at and mocked on the Internet daily, the way his career went, went downhill so fast. Yeah, uh, but you know, so, but you got to look at the people
2: who's mocking everybody, you know, it's easy to sit back, you know, in your in your grandmother's basement mm-hmm. and, and talk shit about people, but you're not willing to put it on the line. Like, you know, I give Nate Robinson this. Yeah, he got knocked out, but he had the balls to get in there. A lot of people who are making memes about him. What combat sport have you motherfuckers ever done in your life? Mm-hmm. No,
1: you know, you was- absolutely and, then, and everything that's that,
2: that's more. That's,
1: even, that's another element you got to deal with. Absolutely. And even you know, I
2: one MMA fighter that I know and I did he was talking like, Oh, you can't play boxing. So I mentioned to him, I was like, dude, you're three and eleven. You got beat up by people that were you know, your size, your weight in the sport you do. So who the fuck are you talking about? But he made six hundred thousand. Well you ain't made six thousand in your entire career if you combined <laughs> all your, your purses together. So you probably Aww. shouldn't be sitting on He probably shouldn't be sitting on somebody. He had the balls to do it. It wasn't the right fight. I I thought his management and those people weren't looking out for him. Uh, But, you know, what? he still had the balls, and you give him credit for that. And his ego got the best of him because he thought he could, like, fuck it, I can go fight. Like, nah, bro, it takes a little longer than 10 weeks. Uh this is not playing basketball. You do get hit in basketball, but not like this. Not like this.
1: <laughs> no, definitely not like this. When James Tony was cause he was publicly terrorizing Dana White and uh he gave Ariel Hawani a hard time every time Ariel was trying to do an interview. Did he ever taunt Randy or come try to fuck with Randy like when he crossed past the press conferences in Vegas or anything like that?
2: No, he didn't he didn't come into our gym. I mean he talked shit in uh on the uh the Countdown interview, actually, I think that's up on YouTube. It's pretty funny. I mean, he talked yeah. a lot. He needed subtitles by that point. You know, and, oh, I, remember that. <laughs> I remember yes, that. I remember
1: yes. that. Fucking speaking English in the subtitles.
0: There.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah, so, you know. But other than that, we had fun with him. I, I went back at his camp a little bit. But James was looking at a payday. And actually, people don't understand, James d- didn't make a whole lot less than Randy did for the fight after the pay-per-view sales were. So... You know what? His agent scored a win. He wasn't going to ever win that fight, but his agent scored a win. They got a, they got a good payday. He, he got paid more for that fight than any boxing match he could have got at that time. You know, And James is a legend. I, I love James, and he's one of the best boxers to ever do it. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he also ate his way out of uh, being a bigger star than he been, could have been in boxing. I mean, this guy, if he could have stayed at 168 to 175 pounds, he, he was hard to deal with. Hard to deal with.
1: It's funny we're talking about Randy because last night, Amy got a message, <laughs> or a message request on Instagram from Randy Couture. Amy, do you have the message handy?
3: I do. <laughs> I get these all the time. It's so embarrassing for everybody but me. Um, I, seriously, I don't know where these people come from. This is amazing. I'm just gonna read it to you, Ron.
1: It's obviously okay. not Randy for yeah, the listeners. No. It's all, its not, its not Randy Couture, but they're no. pretending to be.
3: No, this is Z X Natch instead of X C Natch. So, um, nice. this this Randy says, "I'm sorry, my dog is licking something on the floor that she shouldn't be <laughs> eating." Anyway, um, this this Randy says, "Hello, pretty. This is Randy Couture. Firstly, thanks for being a fan." I need to inform you about and, and I'm reading this verbatim, about and this, and you need to be serious. (laughs) Stay away from the fake people. They scam and duped many of my fans in my name. It sucks. I never chat with anyone or give out my private identity to anyone. They made me chat to you because I need to safe and try my best (laughs) to inform the few I can. So please... Be very careful. They keep sending messages every day to all my fans. Please private your Instagram page so that they won't have access to chat to you again. Many of my fans cry in my DMs every day and keep telling me they scam them on my name. I never do that. Please be careful. Thank you.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: It doesn't say please send money afterwards.
2: I know, Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Randy gives no fucks.
3: Uh, no. Like, I know, that's why it was so yeah. funny. And I was it like, was so I, was saying Jason, I was like, dude, first of all, the day that Randy spends that amount of time typing something to his phone, um, <laughs> I mean, all, he would, he
2: would, yeah, he would type something through his phone, but that would be on his page that he was typing for everybody, like, he wouldn't have put it in a DM he would have just made it a regular message and it would have been for everybody. Like, Hey, somebody got, you know, copying me and, you know, look out for it. But we used to laugh because back in the MySpace days,
0: mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. like
2: 9 million Randy coutures out there. And I would friend them all. I would, cause I just wanted to see if they would talk to me and they would. And some of them, some I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're a fan. And I would just ask them stupid shit just to see if they would respond And then then I would catch them in a lie and then they would delete their page.
3: Yeah. You know what? Back when when I was more involved in MMA stuff, um, I would do the same thing. Because, like, a lot of times people would do this and impersonate somebody. And it was somebody I actually, like a fighter I actually knew. And so I'd be like, oh, really? Go on and uh, and it was a lot of fun but like the, this yeah. i get these all the time still and i yeah like, even i just it's, it's funny and i'm just like god dude the problem is though there are so many fucking people like you were saying earlier a lot of stupid people out there there are plenty of people that would see that and be like oh my god randy just followed me and dm me holy shit
2: oh yeah oh i had a dude uh i was watching some ufc fights at a, a sports bar i knew the owner and he was like coach if you ever not you know don't have any fights and you have some downtime, come in and and watch some fights. So it took like a year and a half, and I did. So I go in, I'm watching the fights, and this dude he looked apart. You know, he had a cauliflower ear that I believe he gave to himself. Um, <laughs> he was tatted. He was tatted up, and he's telling every he's telling his group of friends that you know he's uh, Randy Couture and Forrest Griffin's main sparring partner. So my ears perk up because I'm like. Are you fucking shitting me? (laughs) Like, all right, so I'm going to see how far he's going to go. before. If he just says a few things and don't say anything, then I won't say anything, and I'll let it go. But he keeps talking, and he keeps uh, coming off like he's a badass. So just so happened, a BSN commercial comes on, uh, and they used to sponsor Forrest. It's me and Forrest hitting mitts. So uh, I look at the dude, (laughs) and I go, "Uh, so... What did Randy's coach say about you beating up him and Forrest like that? So he's still not getting, not recognize that I'm the dude with Forrest on TV. And he's like, oh, you know, he didn't say much. Uh, I like, so really? I'm like, you're beating two fucking champions and he's not trying to get you in the UFC? <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, you know, he's like, I don't really like him all that much anyway. I'm like, you don't? I'm like, what did I do to you? You're like, what? Did he get it? Like, yeah, what on. the fuck did I do to you? uh considering that you don't know who the fuck I am and I'm Randy and Forrest coach you moron <laughs> and he he's like what no i like, but well, you can look on the screen that's me and Forrest but if you need me to like show you pictures i can mhm and then he he left his friends he didn't even say bye to him
3: <laughs> he just left
2: <laughs> And then apparently he had been coming into that bar, and they believed it because he looked the part. So they had been giving him free food and stuff like that. Like, dude, don't ever get that dude anything free. Make him pay if he ever shows back <laughs> up here because
1: he's he not a fighter. Again.
2: <laughs> but you you get that all the time. I had people telling me that they were going to fight in the Ultimate Fighter Series. Uh, the year that Gray was there, one dude was like, yeah, I'm fighting – Oh uh, I'm I'm. I'm like. Well, how much you weigh? Like 85. I'm a 185er. I was like, um, dude, they're fighting at 155. Like, <laughs> you ain't you ain't any ultimate fighter. Like, like, go away. But people lie, and sometimes they are like lie well, little. Say you're the king of the cage champion. Nobody's gonna check that shit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I came over from Cage Warriors. I mean, yeah, no, no,
2: nobody's checking that. You, I mean, you can go like i i You could make up an organization saying you're 100 and 0, and nobody's gonna check. But if you say UFC and Bellator, then people are going to go, I don't know that dude. I mean, I was, I was working in a nightclub, uh, you know, as, as a security manager. And a dude comes in, his brother gets kicked out because he got extremely intoxicated and he peed in the garbage can instead of in the urinal that was like two feet away.
0: <laughs>
2: so they, my, my security staff was kicking him out. His brother was just being a douchebag and wanted to fight everybody. And so, as they're getting on the elevator in the club, going down to the bottom floor, one of my people said, hey, coach, this dude says he's a UFC fighter. So, I step on the elevator, like, all right. He's like, well, who are you? I'm like, who are you? He said, well, where are you ranked? I'm like, I'm not ranked, and neither are you. I'm like, dude, dude, where are you from? He's like, I'm from, uh, he-, he was from Temecula. I'm like, oh, all right. I was like, where you train at? He's like, I train at, I train at Dan Henderson's gym. I'm like, oh, really? Like, you train at Danny, huh? You were Danny. He's like, yeah. I'm like, would you like to train there next week? I'm like, what? I said, like, don't make me call him and tell him you're being a dumbass, giving his gym a bad name. He's like, you know him. I'm like, yeah. He's like, so if I call him, like, I'm on speed dial. Would you like to have a gym to train at on Monday? Oh. And it didn't have found out this dude was a wrestler. And he wasn't an MMA fighter because nobody goes around saying I'm in the UFC. They're not trying to fight anybody and get sued. Yeah. And, it was just, and so, but it was funny because when we got him all the way out to the exit, he looks at one of my other security personnel and he's like, I bet you I could tap you out in 13 seconds. We have, <laughs> oh my God. we have to have officers. We have to have metropolitan police officers at our front door and uh, they know me. And it's like, coach, why he didn't say that to you? He's like, Cause I would have challenged his ass right here, right now. You can tap me on (laughs) thirteen seconds. Go for it. So the clock get that now. (laughs) Yeah, but you get you get crazy stuff like that. I don't know why people do that, but you know it is what it is. Well, people got to live in their fantasy land, I guess.
3: I will never forget. When I was at, um, I forget what what card it was around. It was like 160 something, 162, I think. When Uriah and Phil were trying to do the MMA combine thing at the expo that year,
2: yeah.
3: And so at the time, my boy, my then boyfriend was a media guy, so I was getting dragged around to all of this stuff. And so we spent a lot of time with Uriah and Phil. And they had a break from like the combine thing, and there was just some like open mats out in the middle of the expo. People were wrestling or whatever. I'll never forget this as long as I live. I'm sti- I'm sitting there behind a bunch of people listening mostly to people talk. I wasn't really watching the wrestling. Um, I was just kind of hanging out waiting to leave. And this fucking guy in front of me was telling, I don't know who he was with, his friend, his whoever it was. He was going on about how he was how he interviews people. Which here's the thing. Like my boyfriend at the time was one of the main media guys. I was involved in right. the media. So, like, I don't know any everybody, every single person. But, like, to hear this guy talk, you'd have thought it was Ariel, right? Right. And so, I'm listening, and I'm just sitting there dying. And I'm like, okay, all right. And finally, I don't even know what in God's name possessed him to make this part of his story. But he launches into some fucking story about how it's a real shame Mr. Wonderful isn't here right now. That's what we call Phil. And... (laughs) Like he did, it was just like this whole fucking thing. The best part of all of this is, and as I swiftly took a picture of and posted all over the internet, as he's having this pretend conversation with whoever this person was with him, Phil was literally standing maybe three feet in front of him, watching these <laughs> people wrestle. Maybe. <laughs> and, and so I let it go on. I mean, I wasn't involved. Dude wasn't talking to me, but uh, but I'm sitting here listening, and I'm dying. And I, we had been out drinking with Phil the night before and all this stuff. Anyway, we'd just seen him for hours doing filming stuff for the website my boyfriend worked for. So finally, I, I let it go on for like 10 minutes or it felt like 10 minutes. And I finally was like, Phil, and he turned around. And he was like, hey, where are my shades? And he came back. And this dude who just got done telling the story about Mr. Wonderful, as we call him, Literally turned around on his heel- heels and just walked directly away from whoever it was he'd been telling this entire story to. I never saw him again. I don't know where he went. But it's the same shit where, like, the, you, know, you know, he wasn't trying to, like, flex on anybody or threaten somebody. But, like, you're literally standing three feet behind this gentleman who you're referencing as if that's not the name on the tail of the tape and he's actually your friend. And you don't Absolutely. even recognize him.
2: Well, he went back to his mom's basement. He took out some takeout. <laughs> and he went back home.
3: Oh, I mean, he where so- where
2: is she going to go? It happens in every sport. Uh, I was dating a young lady once uh, who worked for South, uh, Southwest, and we were in Phoenix. Yeah, we were in Phoenix. We had just watched the Phoenix Suns play. I happen to know Cedric Sabalos, So Cedric oh, nice. drops us off at the airport. Uh, she goes uh, into the gift shop to get something, and she's, like, taking forever. Well, some dude who was about 6'10 walks into the gift shop, sees her, thinks he's going to hit on her, and so he's telling her he is Cedric Sabalos, and he plays for the <laughs> Phoenix Suns. So I walk in, and she's like, "Hey, I'm like, run She's like, "I like what?" She's like, said uh, here's you know plays for the Phoenix Suns," and I just start laughing. I'm like, "Wow, bro! I like your timing is shitty." I like Cedric, <laughs> Cedric Sabalos, you know. I'm like Sad just dropped us off at the airport, bro. I like, I like any other day that might have worked. I like, and you are also like three inches taller and a lot
1: uglier, but. I'll uh, let said know. <laughs> He's got a fan. I got, I got a good one. I was uh, this building I used to live in. This the uh, chick that lived above me. I'd uh, hang with her, party with her, sometimes and stuff. She had this party the one time. She dated just the lowest form of society, and she was dating this guy from London, Ontario. Team Tompkins, Dominic Stout, all those guys, right? And I'm like yeah. an hour from there. And I developed a, a good relationship with Sean, and then went on to with Mark, Sam, Chris, all the all those guys. So we're partying and stuff and this guy says you you cover mma and you used to compete and this that and i'm like yeah yeah he's like yeah i I fight in the streets i'm too too vicious for that shit and all that stuff like oh yeah i've heard this before and then he asked me if i know mark and sam and all them and i was like yeah yeah i've heard of them and he goes i broke sam stout's jaw one time i walked in there said give me your toughest guy boom one punch broke his jaw knocked about my buddy's like yo why don't you call sam I pull up my phone and pretend I'm going to call Sam. The guy stops. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, you know who they are. He won't even remember. You broke his fucking jaw in his gym and he's not going to remember? Come on, guy. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah.
3: What a yeah, story. Like, you, you picked get...
1: the wrong guy to lie to. You know what? He probably goes around at house parties in London talking that shit for years and nobody has, you know, direct connection to them like that. He didn't think that was yeah. going to happen. And I wouldn't have called Sam anyways because that's stupid, but... Fuck! You picked the wrong night, the wrong party, and the wrong person to say that to, buddy. Oh, uh,
2: absolutely! We used to get that all the time when Extreme Couture first opened up. Every time there was a major pay per view, our phone, you know, our voicemail would just be loaded with calls. Everybody wanted to fight Randy. One dude <laughs> came in the gym. He said he was eighty-five and one in street
0: fights. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I like
2: they're like, bro, you need a hug and a role model, bruh. Like, <laughs> eighty-five and one. Like, come on, no who the fuck counts their street fights, first of all. And I was like, have you ever like, have you ever been arrested? He's like, No, I'm like, then you ain't been in no eighty-five fucking street fights. <laughs> Cause <laughs> I know people that've been in street fights. Most of them have assault charges.
1: Yep.
2: And then uh, and then another dude so said he was twenty-four and one. And I wasn't sure if it was street fights or actual MMA fights. But I told him, he's like, I want to fight Randy. I said, have you, you know, I was like, have you avenged your one loss? He's like, no, I like avenge that and call Dana. Motherfucker, we don't make fights here. You got to get into the UFC first. <laughs> but you, you got that all the time. I mean, people talk about there's too vicious for, for the sport. I'm like, all right, uh-huh. all right, tough guy. Actually, it almost got me fired once. Really? I'm going to tell this story. Yeah. Oh, no, story It wasn't going to be.
1: It's my favorite.
2: It wasn't going to really get me fired, but we had this guy. So I come into the gym. Uh, Me and and Sean are coaching. All right. So I get in. I get in a little before Sean. And my front desk people said, hey, there's this guy who wants to spar with the pros. And they're like, all right, does he have any experience? He's like, no, but you'll know his skills when you see it. I'm like, all right, here we go. So – He's like, all right. He's like, yeah, you the coach? I'm like, yeah. He's like, uh, I want to spar with you guys today. I was trying to get to see if he had any experience. He's, he, he was like, no. I was like, well, what's your name? He says, my name is Lord Ligerclaw. I was
0: like, what? <laughs> <I'm> like,
2: what? He's <laughs> like, Lord Ligerclaw. He's like, yeah, coach, I'm going to combine all the world's religions, and so I need an army of fighters, so I'm going to combine all the world's mixed martial arts as, as well i like, oh, you want some good shit. All right, you can spar. I don't care. You signed a waiver? He's like, yeah, I signed a waiver. So I made sure that that shit was filled out correctly because I didn't want to be responsible for anybody's death. So Sean comes in, and so I'm telling Sean, i like, I like, are you sparring today? Because sometimes Sean would would, would uh, put in work with the guys. And he's like, no, nah, well, I don't think so, Coach. I'm like, no, I need you to spar today. <laughs> he's like, like, why? Like, we got Lord Claw over here. He says, say no more. So Sean kicks this dude in the body about 30 seconds in, drops him with a liver shot to the body. Dude, never spars again. But he would go into the where our strength and conditioning area is, and we had like sledgehammers, and he was like, he would tap his elbows with the sledgehammer. So I'm like, I can give Randy's elbows really sharp. All right, and I'm like, all right, buddy. Oh, like, 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 please stay away from my boss. And he would do somersaults backwards and forwards in the cage. It was just a spectacle. And we were laughing, but one day he cornered Randy. I don't know how it happened. I was already, had already left. And Randy, the next day, like, that dude ever talks to me again. I'm firing you and Sean.
4: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> but it was just like Lord Claw. That was one. And then we had the... Uh, the guy who had 400 Kung Fu and MMA fights. <laughs> 400. So he comes into a, a regular uh, kickboxing class that started at 10 a.m. at about 1045. Nice. So he, you know, the instructor at the time was a fighter and he's like, nah, you can't join class. We yeah. got 15 minutes left. And so he's talking trash where the Coach can't hear him, but the students could. And they were like, yo, coach, he's talking trash. Well, you know, the coach was like, hey, you don't want to be with these guys. If you got a fight coming up, you want to come back to pro practice. Oh, no. So he calls me and like, he, like, calls me and says, hey, you know, we're going to green like this guy. He says he has 400 kung fu and MMA (laughs) fights. I'm like, 400 what? He's like, yeah, 400 kung fu and MMA fights. I'm like, all right. All right. i like. Well, I was like, I'll be working with Randy in the cage, so you guys can't kill him while Randy's in the gym. <laughs> it's Shark Tank Day. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but you get a fresh guy mm-hmm. every minute. So one person's in the middle, get a fresh guy every minute. So we're this is uh, the old setup at Extreme Couture when we had just a ring and a cage up front. So I'm in the cage with Randy while they're in the ring. So I'm calling out. Uh, you know, fresh guy every minute. So I was like, well, if you got 400 Kung Fu and MMA fights, you can go first.
0: Mm-hmm. So he
2: goes with uh, UFC veteran uh, and now actor Jay Haran. So he goes oh, with Jay. Oh, Jay. Jay. Jay is beating the crap out of him. The dude sticks his head in between the, the top ropes. And Jay goes over the rope and hitting him I'm like, Jay! He's like, what? I'm like, You gotta keep it legal. He's like, okay, coach. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I switched. And then it's Mike Powell's turn. So Mike is kicking this dude's legs. And from top of his knee to mid-thigh was, like, darker than me.
1: Oh. Ho, ho, ho. Um, yeah. And so he quits.
2: And I'm like, all right. So he watches the rest of the, you know, rest of practice. He leaves. And then he, he calls back later that evening. And he said, like, yeah, I thought it was very unprofessional, the way you guys were, de- you know, dealing with me. And so the front desk person was like, Coach, I think this is for you. So I talked to the guy, and I'm like, uh, you said you had 400 kung fu and MMA fights. So that, that went that is more experience than any of my guys have combined. Mm-hmm. And so unless you lied to me, uh, I figured you could handle yourself. Like they didn't go any harder with you than they did with one another. Mm -hmm. And so I get him. he's like, well, I'm going to go to another gym. I'm like, well, I'm pretty cool with all the gym owners. You let me know what gym you're going to. I'll let them know you're coming. (laughs) So you can get (laughs) a
3: proper greeting.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So you can get a proper greeting. So then the next day he comes back in with his girlfriend and now he's, he's going to sue. And I was like, well, how are you going to sue? When you won, you signed a waiver. And two, you told me you had 400 Kung Fu and MMA fights. Again, that's more than all my pro fighters in there combined. Mm-hmm. So then he said he we had him convinced to come back and do classes, and he just never showed up again. But you, you get those in every major MMA and boxing gym. You get those once a week.
1: Holy shit. I was just going to say that. How many people come in, you know, just full of piss and vinegar? I'm going to be the fuck next John Jones and... They're gone in a practice or two. Oh, yeah. I mean, we
2: had a dude at an amateur fight once talking about he was going to beat John Jones. Like, he drove here from Buffalo to have an amateur fight. And (laughs) that dude got (laughs) annihilated within, like, 30 seconds. I I felt bad for him because he drove all the way from Buffalo to Vegas to Mm -hmm. to have an amateur fight and just got destroyed. Like, dude, what are you doing? But you get all kinds. You get people like that. And, you know, you just hope they don't get hurt uh when they're on these endeavors that they don't get themselves killed because at the end of the day it's it's really not a joke. Uh you know, people are putting it on the line in in MMA and boxing and in kickboxing and you can really get hurt if you don't, you know, mind your Ps and Q's and don't know what you're doing and you get in there with somebody who do know what they're doing. Um, you know, I've had referees make mistakes and get people hurt. Yeah.
1: Have you had to save people from themselves too? They want to keep coming back, they want to keep giving it all, but they're just fucking terrible, and they're gonna get themselves hurt, or they are getting themselves hurt?
2: Oh, absolutely. I had yeah.
1: one guy uh he took my boxing class at the extreme.
2: You know he took one boxing class and then he came to pro practice and normally you had to be invited to pro practice. you just couldn't take it. And he comes in and he wouldn't leave. Like he just would not leave. He would always come back and come to pro practice and then he's just getting destroyed. So mm-hmm. he goes with uh, Mark Coleman one day. We have little gloves day oh, on. <laughs> and really, it looked like the dude was hit by a two by four when we were done with practice. <laughs> so, so, I, I, I go to Randy and I'm like, um, boss. Uh, your name's on this, Jim. This dude keeps coming to pro practice. You're going to have to tell him he can't come back because when his, he's dead and his family sue, it's going to be on you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, right. Why do these well, people you? pick fucking, you know, Randy, or, or not Randy, sorry, like Jay Haran and uh, all these other people that you've listed so far? Like, that's not the fucking guy you want to start with No, by no means. No.
2: No, it's not, but they're under delusion that they can actually fight. And some of it is, you know, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they've had some smokers, or maybe they're from a small town and they're the best guy in that town, or maybe they've just been punched one too many times in the head, or they um, get really, the really high and, and it's delusional, but it happens. And so you have to, you know, save them from themselves, and then... Sometimes with fighters, sometimes, you know, they, they get three, four, five fights in and go, man, maybe this ain't for me. You know, and you <laughs> have to save them from themselves. And and I, I've had to stop fights and go, I've, I've looked at fighters and go, they wanted out a fight.
1: Totally shit.
4: Apparently, that's what Joe Rogan did for Brendan Shaw,
1: right?
4: Shaw was Shaw? I don't Shop. know. I don't know how to say his name. I mean. Yeah,
1: that was fucking tough to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and, and so Brendan's. Don't worry. Sorry,
2: go ahead, bro. Yeah, yeah, Brendan, you know, was a uh, athletic guy, former, you know, football player, and he had some success. But you gotta want to do this. You gotta want to get punched in the face for a living, and it's hard. Uh, I, I think not a lot of people respect any athletes for how hard it is to do what they do to get to the top of your game. It's hard being a UFC fighter. It's hard. Uh, making a living and the sacrifices you have to make away from your family. It's hard being in the NBA, NFL, boxer, whatever it is, uh, Olympic level sports. It's hard doing that. The, the time sacrifices, people just disrespect that. And that's what bothers me more than anything else when people think that it's easy, that you can walk off the street. I remember when Tyson was at his best, people were like, oh, I'll fight Tyson for $5 million. I was like, well, your family will enjoy it when you're dead.
0: <laughs> he's
2: going to kill you. Like you don't know how to absorb it. You have your body's not trained to do this. You're getting off the couch talking about holding my beer. Uh, you're gonna end up in you know on a feeding tube somewhere, bro. This ain't. So the yeah, they, they don't far, play right? this. Yeah, you know a lot, and, and you know people have had you know they think they're tough guys because they they've been in a bar fight that lasted all of fifteen seconds. But mm. I always tell people what happens when you take your best shot and that other person takes it. It it becomes very real because people ask me like, coach, if you hit somebody really hard and they take it, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to offer to buy them dinner because obviously fighting ain't about to work out in my favor. (laughs) (laughs) Like, man, my bad. I thought, yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought you were someone else. (laughs) Please excuse me. And where would you like to eat dinner at tonight? Name the (laughs) five-star restaurant. I'm willing to come out of pocket for this. (laughs) Someone
1: with a chin like Chris Levin or some shit back in the day.
2: Well, I mean, uh, well, he, his chin really wasn't that good. Uh, you know, he was tough, but we saw when he fought Anderson Silva, his chin wasn't that good. Having a good chin is really not good. It's toughness. I mean, yeah, he could take some shots, but why would you want to do that? Yeah. But if I got a guy who, you know, I'm not going to hit you just once. I'm going to hit you ten times. If you take all ten of them, then then I guess you get to beat me up. But we saw <laughs> when he fought Andre We fought. We saw when he fought Anderson Silva. That was a different level of striking.
1: Yes. Yes, certainly. I remember back then, too, the UFC, uh, like, uh, Goldberg and Rogan, they'd always say, like, uh, like attributes and stuff. Lots of heart. Uh, I translate for people who watch the fights. So I was like, that means he can get punched in the face a lot and not mm-hmm. fucking fall down. That's not exactly oh, absolutely. a great thing to have. Lots of
2: heart. Absolutely. I used to tease Randy. I told him he was an attribute. He trains with Randy Couture. I was like, how is that something that they should be putting on the screen?
1: <laughs> Like
2: oh, he, like he gets beat up by Randy all the time. Like I don't know if that's good or bad that they should be putting <laughs> that on the screen. That you're an adjective now. I, I don't know, but you know, yeah. But I, I like, I, I like that too. When when they go, yeah, you know, he's durable. Yeah, okay, he t- he takes a butt kicking. That's not good. That means when he means when he's fifty, he can't spell his name.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I, there was a, a, a four actually used to train that, uh, he was a coach at Vandalay Silver gym, uh, when Vandalay used to be out here, his name is Michael Smith. He was a shorter black guy, uh boxing coach. And I love Mike. And Mike was like, man, he's like, I had the wrong attributes in boxing. He said, I had a good chin and no power. <laughs> and he said, so he's like, so coach, if I forget something, it, it, it's it's not," <laughs> he said. "It's one too many punches to the head."
1: <laughs> All right. Before we let you get out of here, we spent enough time talking about people who can't fight. Uh, what's coming up? That's on your radar. You, I, I assume I know you're a dance dad. Seems like you do a lot of that. And a lot of posts of Tupac lately. So I don't think you're watching top to bottom Facebook uh, fight pass prelims and everything. What are some of the MMA or boxing matches coming up that uh, get your gears going?
2: Oh well, obviously Earl Spence and uh, Danny Garcia coming up on Saturday. I'm definitely in, in tune to that. Uh, I if if Earl Spence is right, if he's recovered from his car accident, he could be a star. I saw when Manny Pacquiao was getting ready to fight Floyd Mayweather. Uh, Earl Spence was one of his chief sparring partners. I was in the gym when he gave uh, Floyd a black eye. I mean, okay. you know, Floyd. The next day, he, he next day he came back and he kind of put it on Earl a little bit, but. Earl was a very young fighter then, and you knew that this dude has that it factor. So if he's fully recovered, and I think he can destroy, if he destroys a Danny Garcia who's only lost two fights in his career, um, I, I, I think that would go a long way to maybe getting a Terrence Crawford-Earl Spence unification bout at 147, and and that would be awesome. And I'm just waiting for uh, Francis Nagano to fight again. I can't wait mm. to see that dude. I, I see him in the gym all the time. Uh, sharpening his craft, improving his craft, and he's just a big dude. And, uh, you know, I, I want to see him, uh, you know, fight Stipe again and see if he's learned his lesson from the last time. So hopefully that fight comes down the line. And um, and I'm looking for a forward to Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. Yes.
0: Uh,
2: Dustin, you know, he lost last time, but he was killing himself to get to 145. Um, mm. You know, but Conor beat him, and Conor did what he was supposed to do. So that little tidbit has to be in the back of Dustin's head. But but we'll we'll see what happens at uh, you know one fifty five at a truer
1: weight for Dustin. I'm excited. I'm excited for that one too. And with Francis, do you think that uh, he's still going to get that Stipe fight now that John's moved up to heavyweight?
2: I I think he does get that fight. I um, so? You know, I, I I think he does. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Dana is Dana, and Dana might go. You know what? Uh, John Jones is, is allowed to bypass anybody, but. Uh, It depends on how much money uh, John Jones wants. It seems like he doesn't want to give any discounts and that he definitely wants top dollars to fight either Nagano or Stipe. So we'll see if he prices himself out of that and we get uh, a Francis Stipe too.
1: Yeah, I'm happy with all of those fights. And uh, we only have about, what, 28 days, 27 days, something like that left in this fantastic year that's been 2020. What do you got left to close out? What do you got planned to close out the year?
2: I'm just trying to stay healthy, man, <laughs> in this crazy year. I'm just trying to stay healthy and not not get COVID or anything like that. And just, you know, looking forward to a different, uh, you know, 2021, uh, you know, put all the political craziness behind us. I know Canadians, y'all got to be laughing at Americans right now, right? Y'all got to think this is absolutely retarded, what's going on in this country. Uh, uh, I
1: so. said to Amy last night, I was like, you have no idea what it's like to just be at home and look at your basement on fucking fire. It's just burning every day. We shut the basement door real quick.
2: Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, you know what the best fence for Mexico is? The United States.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No shit. But um, like I said before, every American that I'm friends with and I get to speak to on the show and stuff like that, uh, it's all great, but what you see in the news, you would swear that every one of you, uh, Ron. You obviously hate cops with a passion because you're black. Amy, you're white, so you're racist 100. percent You're KKK. That's the way. It's and portrayed. both of those are true.
2: Both, I, you know, you should see the DMs you sent me, man. I got a news one day, and you know, and I I do hate cops that are not my friends that I haven't trained like 20 million of them. And I do send them donuts all the time. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I try to stay on their good side. Uh, you know, it's funny because uh, here in Las Vegas, I've trained literally probably 13 or 14 guys who are now metro officers. So it, it's pretty funny.
1: Well, Storytime with Ron Frazier is always great. If we don't get wait, get-
3: wait, you're missing one. What's up? Don't you want to ask him about Tupac? Yeah.
1: Oh, oh yeah, he have been crazy with the Tupac lately. Uh, how much of a hip hop fan are you? I'm- Oh, I'm a huge hip-hop oh,
2: fan, but yeah, Tupac is my all-time favorite. Uh, you know, you can't go wrong with Pac. So I get a little nostalgic, and I'll I'll put, like, 20 videos of Pac. I mean, his, <laughs> so his, you know, his storytelling and just the way, uh, you know, he kind of just cut – Put you in, like, and he could do any style of, of hip hop. It could be crazy, danceable, it could be something that made you think, or it could make something that fired you up and made you want to, like, you know, go on a drive by or something. But he just kind of <laughs> had that effect, and he's my all time favorite artist. We're running out of time here, but I will come back and I will share a Tupac story with you, just kind of oh, keep you in
1: suspense oh, a little shit. bit. Oh, shit. We might have to have Christmas with Ron Frazier.
2: Absolutely.
1: All right, my man. I'll be talking to you in uh, the next few weeks or whatever, and I'll have this posted up by tomorrow. And uh, All right. thanks for everything. For Amy Bart. You're welcome. Colonel Ron Frazier. I'm Jay Kelly. This is The Building Downtown. We out. Peace. Peace. All right, Ron. We'll let you run. Okay. The
3: Building Downtown. Building Downtown. Building Downtown. Building Downtown.